0: NTU World of Wisdom. Welcome to High Impact Thesis. In this podcast, we speak with researchers from various scientific fields to talk about the motivation, goal, and potential impact of their research. We also want to give you a sense of how a PhD is carried out with an emphasis on the PH, the philosophical aspects involved in pursuing a PhD. Welcome to the High Impact Thesis Podcast. Today our guest is uh, Mr. Krishnam. Krishnam, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. And uh, as always, we hope that you can uh, share with us as much as you're willing to share. Uh, We've got a couple of questions that are guiding questions, but we want you to be very comfortable and just uh, take the conversation in a direction that you feel would be much appreciated by the people who will be listening to this conversation. So thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Christopher.
0: All right. And so the way we start the podcast is that we generally want to get a sense of what it is you're doing in a very general sense. That is, you meet somebody and you just want to give them a quick overview of what your work
1: is about. What do you tell them? Okay. As introduced, I'm Krishnan. I'm finally a PhD student from School of Civil and Environmental Engineering and my supervisor is Prof. Yanganwa and we have a group called Livingstone which literally says list at NTU. So as the name suggests, we work with different kinds of concrete or construction material to enhance the durability or sustainability or any properties of the existing concrete. Okay.
0: And um, what's the name of the uh, lab again?
1: Livingstone,
0: the name of that is Livingstone. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> There's a Livingstone who went to return <laughs> to my country, but <laughs> have you heard of David Livingstone though? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> he was an physician? explorer. No, he no? was. He was an explorer. We went back in. I think it was uh two centuries back. So okay. Ah, uh, this Livingstone
1: said. is a very famous name. I think. Like, yeah. Yeah. The last name.
0: Okay so you're working um, you're working with or in, in, in the in, in the field of construction materials. Yes right? Do you actually go out and do any of this or is it more uh, lab work and more computation and more um, slightly more detached from uh, the actual construction today?
1: Uh, so when I joined the group, initially we were doing almost lab work. Okay. Just pure research work mm-hmm. but uh, two years ago we started uh introducing this newly developed product into the industries mm-hmm. so we have uh lta and okay. jtc uh, okay. land, transport land transport authority and Jurong town council corporation okay so we called collaborated with them for making some pavements on the road just normal concrete pavements okay uh, as you can see that on the junctions of any road you can see some different pavements rather mm-hmm. than the black it should be like grayish mm-hmm. kind of thing because there um, it's more important uh, the normal conc- uh, the normal pavement won't be good so okay. they're not durable so mm-hmm. they prefer concrete pavements over there Okay. so we developed a new material new concrete called bendable concrete okay. which you can literally bend like a road mm-hmm. Okay. without any uh, like major cracks we Mm. have minor cracks but yeah with this material we try to put some payments and then we try to test how in the real life app in the real life how they performs Mm -hmm. uh, when compared to the lab works and and that project is still going on okay so i would say that i was very lucky to join a group where we could take some products that we developed in the lab Mm -hmm. to a real application
0: okay so could you tell us a bit about the overall motivation for this research in terms of uh the specific problem or the specific research area you're in right we've been doing construction for uh, a couple of thousand years yes. and we've been using some materials for a very long time could you tell us why uh, there is need for a new material and whether you are specifically targeting um some problem i don't know whether it's at the corner or was what was the motivation overall
1: okay So before that, I would like to introduce that. I am working on um, sustainable, alternative uh, sustainable construction materials. Mm -hmm. So the problem with the current concrete is that we use cement because Uh it's... Well-established material, and if I talk to you about, talk to you about concrete, the first thing that comes to your mind is cement. I didn't even think yeah. of anything else. <laughs> there there <laughs> is nothing, right? <laughs> there is other kinds of concrete. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the point. Like the, the main perspective is that it's just cement. Uh-huh. So the the problem with the cement is that when you produce one ton of cement, mm. one ton of carbon dioxide is generated. Okay, mm. that's a huge issue because it is number two. It is in the number two position for contributing the carbon dioxide production in the world. Mm. Mm. And with countries like developing countries like India, China, Mm -hmm. where they're investing a lot of money on infrastructure development, Mm -hmm. like in a large scale, Mm. um, this trend is going to increase. The consumption of cement is going to increase, and consumption of basically concrete is going to increase. So there is a need for developing new materials mm-hmm. uh, which is which doesn't have the impact like negative impact like cement okay. of course the material is good mm-hmm. but uh, moving further we are facing climate change a lot of issues related to that mm-hmm. so we need an alternative material uh, which is more green which is sustainable which is as good as cement as a as, as a so that's why in our research we focus in our research group we focus more on like alternative materials okay. using byproducts from the industry okay. and uh, natural resources like clay to make cementitious material okay. called it concrete basically. Okay,
0: I mean, interesting. So when we talk about concrete, what, what what does the name mean, or because to me it really the thing that comes to mind is just cement. What is uh, concrete? Oh, it's a
1: combination of concrete is like a composite material, like, uh, like you have a cake. Okay, mm. cake, cake could be anything like mm. chocolate cake if you put chocolate, vanilla cake if you put vanilla. So, mm. concrete is just like that. The main ingredient is, of course, cement and water, mm. and then you have additional substances depending upon the functionality of the concrete. Okay, so we use concrete for different purposes, so mm. depending upon the ultimate function of the concrete we add other materials like uh, a coarse aggregate mm-hmm. the stones basically sand mm-hmm. uh, maybe some chemical admixtures okay. in, in specific applications mm-hmm. or nowadays we are also adding some recycled plastic materials to reutilize the plastic okay, okay.
2: Uh,
1: basically you can add anything in the concrete mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever you need, actually. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a very uh, heterogeneous material. Okay. I want to
0: stay a little bit on this general theme of construction materials. And I, from the little reading I have done in construction, people have been constructing for quite some time, way, 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 thousands of years. And we still seem to see some structures that were built uh, a couple of thousands of years yes. back. So I'm wondering what has changed overall. Maybe you can talk about Concrete, but also you can talk in general. What are the key materials that have, that humanity has uh, invented? And what was there that is not there anymore? You know, like generally, what is the evolution of construction materials uh, from when we started recording history to about now?
1: Okay, that's. A <laughs> question. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> it's just. A, yeah, I want to get a sense yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going on. So I think. I think it all started with Rome, uh, according to my memory. They started using this limestone mm-hmm. uh, clay to make basically calcium carbonate. Mm. So uh, they use that material to make buildings, uh, but then in I, I think it was in uh, Portland there was mm-hmm. a called portland or somewhere like that okay. yeah they they basically made a new material where you just need to add water mm. to make uh, a glue glue like substance mm. which was very mm. easy okay but the process was long but the ultimate product is very easy you need to make something you just need to put cement and water you you get a glue okay and then after some time it hardens so that's an that's a very good material like unlike uh, take for example you need a sphere mm-hmm. if you have steel you need to melt it and you want to make it sphere mm-hmm. but here you have a material you you can make it any shapes mm-hmm. uh, but the thing was concrete is like a brittle material mm-hmm. it, 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 has, it has good strength but it is very brittle material mm-hmm. so in order to develop that it had like 100 years of research or 150 or 120 years of research okay. the way that stands now Mm. is very different. Earlier you had like, it can take 10 megapascal of strength. Now you have concrete, which can take like 200 Mm megapascal of strength. Mm -hmm. And the major difference was uh, right now, uh, because I I mentioned you that about cement produces a lot of carbon dioxide when Mm -hmm. it is manufactured. Yes. So they started to think this on more how to make, this particular material more sustainable because mm-hmm. earlier it was like okay just use use mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll have more cities we we'll have more infrastructure right. don't care about c- climate mm-hmm. but the past 20 years of research or past 30 years of research is like how can we make concrete a material uh, mo- how can we make concrete as a multifunctional material mm-hmm. rather than just a Structural material, mm-hmm. so like adding more function to this material, like apart from just uh, a a building material. Mm-hmm. So nowadays you have concrete which can uh, self-clean itself. Okay. Uh, there are some uh, charge filled with TiO two, or, or like mixed with TiO two, titanium dioxide basically. Okay. So you have self-cleaning property. It can, if any dirt is there, it mm-hmm. can wash itself. Okay. Uh, oh. if, when the water drops, like it just cleans it itself you don't have to clean it Mm. and then you have cool uh, we say cool painting but also we have uh, cool slabs which is you can reflect a lot of sunlight and and then you can create an uh, optimum temperature inside the room Mm -hmm. and then you have self-healing concrete like it can heal itself when it's having a crack over the time it heals itself you don't have to repair the concrete so, so mm-hmm.
0: these all these properties are defined at at uh, through using different materials, materials that
1: we add on to the concrete. So it mm-hmm. is now the concrete is not any more cement and water uh-huh. and coarse aggregate. Okay. It is about more about chemistry. How can mm-hmm. we? Uh, so uh, it is reverse process. What mm-hmm. is my ultimate function of this particular product? Mm-hmm. I need a. I need to withstand this much trend. Also, I need waterproof. Right. So basically, I design according to myself. So, mm-hmm. so uh, the way it came was incredible because it is the most used material in the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Concrete. So.
0: So does that mm-hmm. does that pro- pro- produce a lot of resistance as well? Since I mean, folks out there. Uh, have been using concrete for a long time and then you are the researcher and you come in and tell them look I have a better material that I can yeah. self clean do people understand this in the in the real world where they have to build these uh, large projects
1: I think this is always a bit, been a difficulty for any research researcher who want to come into the market and mm-hmm. say that hey I have a better product mm-hmm. but the price is different mm-hmm. because concrete has been here for like 150 years mm-hmm. and well established they have standards The the problem with the, not the problem the main disadvantage for us to bring any material into the market is uh, the standards okay because mm-hmm. you have built build, uh, concrete is used for building infrastructure and mm-hmm. or like houses or something like that right and the safety of the people depends upon how safe your material is then. exactly mm-hmm. and this is a well developed well established standardized formulas everything is there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have a very new material which you don't know what happens in long run mm-hmm. So, when you compare the safety, they don't want to use the new materials. I think this is the biggest challenge that our group is facing, also, mm. uh, because because of the standards. I see. Mm-hmm.
0: So, by working with uh, like, uh, I guess, entities like LTA and, and JTC, I guess that sort of helps. It's like XIG, you have some, someone who, who would want the same as you, like, you yeah. want good buildings and so on. Right
2: are these are these standards global like uh, or are they different from country to country yeah uh, it's
1: di- different from country to country actually uh, because every climate or every um, surrounding systems are not same when you compare europe it's it's going to have like when you compare europe and the tropical climate like singapore the temperature is so different
2: so basically you need to factor factor in the climate differences yes so mm-hmm.
1: yeah so the standards would be different like any materials they have different standards they have Euro code they have american code they have japanese code chinese code I see, british I see. standards indian standards oh, okay yeah each country has their own standards cool uh anyway so
0: thanks for giving us the general overview of materials and construction in general we would like to now delve a little deeply into your own work um, what is it that you do? And, um, you know, we, we also later on maybe would like to hear about what are some general things you've learned about doing research that you can share with our audience. Uh, but let's start with just what do you do? What, what
1: angle are you approaching your problem from? So I have mentioned about different functions of the concrete. Yes. So one of the functions that we focus is, uh, my research focus is uh, self-sensing concrete okay uh, this is uh, something that i have presented recently and i'm very excited about it actually so uh, the infrastructure uh, as we know that infrastructure over the time it degrades and then uh, you need to repair it mm-hmm. and it costs a lot of money from the government uh, to repair these met- these infrastructure uh, billions of dollars actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we have structural health monitoring system to help out this issue so they place sensors onto the structures to detect the changes in the concrete so if any abnormal change is detected they can repair immediately so that there won't be any damage to their infrastructure so
0: uh, those are me- mechanical sensors like they bend yeah and sort of thing?
1: the strain sensors normal uh, hmm. strain sensors or like uh, they have optical fibers now to do the work okay yeah that they have lasers now so there are different technologies that exist now hmm. but in the past 10 years they also saw that the concrete can Itself do this work like they can sense certain changes in them. Hmm. The basic behavior we call is piezo resistance behavior. So the pie say, say it again. Piezo resistance behavior.
0: piezo oh, yeah, piezoelectricity then. Uh, like piezoelectricity,
1: yeah. you get an electricity when some external loading is applied. Mm-hmm, right. But in piezo resistance, you get a change of basic elect uh, basic resistance when mm-hmm. some loading is applied due right. to s- several reasons. Mm-hmm. So what happens is uh, concrete have this behavior, basically. So if you give an external loading, you can see the changes in the resistance values.
0: Oh, oh but by, by the regular concrete? Or? Regular concrete. Sorry, oh, regular. When we say regular concrete, we're talking about cement as the
2: yes, main component. Yes, cement. More, right? cement. <laughs> so, so it can do. You can use okay. the material itself as a sensor to yeah. give you an indication of the load. Yes. Interesting.
1: Uh, but the problem with this is, We need to add a lot of fillers, additional fillers, to make this work in the concrete, in the cement. Because the property is there, but it is not very evident or very clear to use it as a sensor.
0: So you need some sort of amplification
1: perhaps. Yeah. But with our material that we developed, which we call geopolymer concrete. Geopolymer
0: concrete.
1: As the name suggests... uh, it's kind of a polymer based material, inorganic polymer material. Okay. And it doesn't use any cement, basically. We make the glue material without using cement. Okay. Uh, we use metacallin. It's a clay, basically. Okay. And some activating solution to make s- s- like glue material. I will use glue material because if I keep adding cementitious material, it will c- confuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we found out that this material have uh, enhanced piezo-resisting performance compared mm-hmm. to the cement. And also it is comparable to the existing strain sensors, electric gauges, actually strain gauges, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also we found out that this mati- material have similar properties to that of a semiconductor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to further deeply understand what's happening when you have uh, different mixing parameters Hmm. and to identify some mine is very chemistry and like microstructure material science based so we understand the microstructure of this particular material uh, how this behavior is exhibited because if you look it from outside it's just a concrete material Mm -hmm. cement material but the performance is uh, 100 times than the original cementation material so I'm trying to uh, understand how this material is behaving Mm -hmm. and what if I add some more other additional substances okay whether it this or uh, resi- this behavior would change or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So.
0: so 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 you do you do both um, computational microstructures look at them on the computer and make predictions or is it more you go in the lab and mix things up and then measure the properties
1: uh we don't have much data for this particular material so okay. what we do is now all laboratory based work mm-hmm. to make more data you need you need experimental work okay yeah so it's it's a completely lab based work and i love that actually i usually i'm not a guy who likes computational okay. <laughs> <laughs> thing okay. i i absolutely love lab work because i can really see what's happening okay so yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and because there's also, uh, from what I hear, the construction industry is one of those industries that is generally reluctant to adopt very, uh, I guess, very novel technologies. Because I guess one of the things you mentioned just a moment ago is that it's it's about the safety of the people, exactly. right? So no one really wants to be the one whose building falls apart because <laughs> they use some novel thing. So um, yeah. I guess working with it with your hands and actually touching it, I guess, um, makes it more more yeah. concrete for you as well. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah the safety is the important thing. Often we yeah in the okay let's not deviate from that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. But okay
0: so so uh I'm wondering as a researcher now obviously you've been here for some time you've picked up some tools and techniques uh, of doing research. Uh could you share any that have been useful for you navigating research life? These don't need to be specifically for, you know, uh concrete, you know, just, yeah, just general. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I think th- this is a very good question. Uh I don't think I have a straight answer for that. But when I, when I started my PhD and he gave me a, like multiple topics and I choose one and then I was giving a presentation in, I remember in like two months or something like that. Mm-hmm. I list out, okay, I want objectives. Objectives was fine. And then I list down my scopes. So I said, I will do this. Uh, I will study that. I will study this and like one, two, three, four mm-hmm. different objectives. Uh, basically, he didn't say, much. he said, like, you you can go much deeper. You just uh, let me know after one week, we, will, we can have again a discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was again reading and I found out that each topic is actually a PhD topic. <laughs> by itself. <laughs> yeah, by, by itself. Uh, this I didn't realize. He mentioned to me uh, in the next meeting. Uh, recently, a new PhD student joined in my group. Uh-huh. And he was giving his uh, PhD objectives and scope. And and I could see that <laughs> the same thing that I did, like I was giving, he was like, I can do this, I can do this, I can <laughs> do this. Then I, I immediately like, I was like, I think each one is kind of a PhD topic. Uh-huh. You can uh-huh. go much to that. So that's the difference. So I was very, um, I wouldn't say naive, but I was so excited that I wanted to do very novel uh, research like mm-hmm. nobody have ever did it mm-hmm. uh, that me that's the first one I'm gonna do that right. that kind of thing Be- because always people give you an impression PhD is like something new something new something new right. but over the time I realized and also from uh, my profs understanding and, and uh, discussions I understand that it is not about the topic but it is about how you do the research it, mm-hmm. it's a journey of like how it it teaches you how to do a basic research mm-hmm. it doesn't teach you to build a new material or uh, to have an innovative material but it teaches you how to do a proper good research mm-hmm. yeah, and correct. and yeah i think uh, we all been there yeah, yeah. yeah for sure yeah
2: yeah
1: first i was also thinking about like uh, when people say that oh i had the conference i had the publication so it's like okay one second year i should have two papers
2: mm-hmm. third
1: year i should be having that but uh, then over the time you realize that um, having a quality research is important than a very quantity based research like mm-hmm. it's not about number of publication but it's about like the impact of your um, what do you say knowledge mm-hmm. yeah, what you have uh, done through the phd is also very important
0: mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, today I was at a, uh, the conference. I think it's called Material Material Research Conference. That's happening in Singapore now. In this from the, during this week, and we, we were talking about, uh, you know, how, how do you actually measure the impact of the research that we are doing? Right, and you know, the joke was that you could have, you could say that <laughs> you want to look at other things other than how many papers you have yeah. published, or you know, whether it's an impact fact, impact factor of the journals, and so on. Um, but it's, it's a little, maybe at an administrative level, it might, it's not as easy to implement, perhaps, because papers are like, you can count, okay, did 200 papers. <laughs> so it's very clear. Then. Yeah. But, you know, the other impact, obviously we can measure other kinds of impact. Um, but sometimes the other impact takes long. So you do your research now, and maybe you win an Nobel oh, Prize 20 years 20 later, years right? Later. And, and so we won't know now that you have this incredible, um, view. Of exactly. World.
1: Uh, That's why it is known as Doctor of Philosophy rather than like Doctor of Innovation or something. Right. Like in right. fact, this
0: podcast is about the philosophical aspects of research. Yeah. So I think we've talked a little about your research and what you do in the lab. And so I think now we'll move to more of the philosophy of things. <laughs> so I'll let, I'll let uh, Muhammad talk philosophy, take Yeah. Okay?
2: So I think now we can move on to the bigger picture of things. So so I want to step back to something you just said about the, using the... like it's more relevant to your own work you said something about using the concrete itself as a sensor for the load so mm-hmm. i just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about that and then we'll take the conversation in a in, in a very specific direction okay uh, so, so what kind of uh, material property that
1: allows you to do that okay basically uh, when when we look at my material uh, it is Uh, i say very clearly it's alumino silicate it's an alumino silicate binder Mm. so we it's with silica with aluminum bond yeah so if you look at the semiconductors you have if you remove one silicon atom from like four thing Mm -hmm. and put uh, one put aluminum it's called some doping is i don't remember that uh so it's kind of a we, what we believe from, un- from our understanding is like kind of a semiconductor, but we are not able to explain because it is a cement based material. Uh-huh. So for all the research that have been done, they try to uh, bring out the theory that has been applied in metals. Mm-hmm. Like in metals, they say that when you compress, uh, the metal shrinks mm-hmm. and because of now the distance is shorter. So the electrical resistance is true because the distance is shorter for electrons to move. Mm-hmm. And when you pull, they will be like the distance is more and then the resistance is high. Mm. All right. So it, they say that uh, because the, power, the, the the whole thing changes, the, the, the shape and the size of the, the material changes, yes. So it changes the
2: electrical properties
1: or what exactly? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it can change the electrical properties. It
2: can and mm-hmm. this can give you an indication of the load. Yes, it can give you the identification of load or
1: if the concrete is wet, uh-huh. because the dry concrete doesn't have high resistance mm. if the concrete is wet then the conductivity is much higher mm. if any crack is there then the electrons cannot pass through there is a distance right so you can so we are trying to correlate that but apart from that we are also believe we believe that we have to apply some kind of uh theories that is applicable to semiconductors to my material mm-hmm. we are taking that path to see that whether we can explain. Certain kind of behavior of this enhanced behavior mm-hmm. using the theories that from semiconductor, and and that's my biggest obstruction now because I am a civil engineer and I am okay. going to, and, and that's the beauty of PhD itself mm-hmm. because uh, sometimes you don't know like you have to take other disciplines or uh, theory to explain yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I see. So in terms of the applications, now I want to move on to the applications of, of, of these kinds, like the potential applications of these hmm. kinds of, this kind of uh, research. So in, in your view, what do you see uh, as the potential future applications for, for these materials, uh, whether, it's, whether it is in construction or maybe perhaps other kinds of applications?
1: Okay. Uh, one of the application, important applications would be using it in pavement, Uh So, in the pavement, uh, in the interjunctions, you can find out, using this material, you can find out how many number of vehicles are, basically traffic monitoring, let me put it in some way. The pavement is going through completely cyclic loading. Mm -hmm. It's not like in a a room, a slab, like this slab, the the place where we are sitting, this will not have a continuous loading. Mm -hmm. Whenever people come in, a small loading will come. Mm -hmm. But in a payment, it's a constant load, like the vehicles are moving through. So the durability of these kind of payments are very low. And if you can't find out the cracks in the initial stage, uh, you don't have to do bigger repair. You can save a lot of money in that way. But over the time, these cracks will become big and then you need to change the entire structure. But if you find out in the initial stage, you can just repair like normal repair you can do and then it can go again for another 20 years mm-hmm. so, so it's an early intervention to fix the problem before it gets worse. yeah so now what they do is they go and check physical inspection physically. okay physically or like drone nowadays they're using drone also to mm-hmm. use this thing mm-hmm. but with this material you get a constant data uh, if i have a good data acquisition system then you get a constant monitoring of what's happening if you can see any abnormal patterns then you know that
2: okay there is something there and you you can
1: change it so i
2: see so so historically like uh, in the past people have always uh, been doing the visual inspection right yeah
1: one is visual inspection another one i mentioned or using the strain in the bridges they use strain gauges strain gauges these are sensors right yeah sensors Okay. To measure uh, the differences in the displacement or any abnormal stresses there. I see. And is
0: you, this data um, uh, sent out, uh, or the like Right now, I guess with the network and connectivity, is uh, there uh, sensors that then talk to another I don't know, central server, or yeah. is it more? You still have to go and actually go read the values.
1: So this whole process we call it a structural health monitoring. Uh-huh. The whole process so in structural health monitoring we have three different things one is sensors mm-hmm. and another is uh, data data signaling mm-hmm. and then a final thing is data collection or something like that so now we have uh, different ways to collect the sensors like you go there and collect but now people are working on wireless sensors like mm-hmm. you can get the real time data without going there and checking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but those are everything is on research uh, Mm -hmm. process like not very well established and that's what i'm telling you like now we are doing the research it might take years to Mm -hmm. be applied that's the
2: thing but it has a huge potential uh, primarily in the area of uh, monitoring buildings and bridges definitely and and saving a lot of cost in terms of resources
1: yeah because you don't need another sensors or attached onto the surface you you can use this material as a bridge slab and then also you can use it as a uh, sensing material. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was telling you, talking about like multifunctionality of the mm-hmm. same thing.
0: So it's not just structural property, like it can take this much load, but it becomes much more intelligent.
1: Yes, smart smart concrete. concrete. Yes, we we are going to smart concrete. concrete. Smart smart infrastructure. We have smart cities, smart countries, smart infrastructure. Right. Smart concrete. (laughs) Smart concrete. Let's make everything smart. Smart everything. I like that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm actually interested in general in the... Roads in particular, I'm sure concrete is used in a lot of areas. But from the readings I have done, and also from what I see here in Singapore, there are quite a great variety of roads. There is the brick roads I see a little bit of. I see some places they have tiles, and some places they have concrete, and some places have asphalt. Um, from your reading, since you're in this field, I'm wondering uh, what would you say really determines which one. Uh, is ideal? Is it just climate? Is it more finance? Is it is it just comp- technical ability? Or? Uh, because I see quite a combination <clears throat> of these across Singapore, for
1: example. Uh, that it goes back to what is your ultimate, uh, not aim? I would say like what is the final application of that particular material. Mm-hmm. So in we have asphalt road and concrete road. These two are the very common roads that we found, find in Singapore. And break roads, we may use it in parking lot, something like that. Hmm. Uh, the advantage of asphalt road is you can lay now and open it for public. But in the case of concrete road, you lay now and you have to wait for another 21 to 28 days to open it for public. No. But... The durability, I'm telling different pros and cons of these two, but mm. we cannot say that concrete is better than asphalt mm. and asphalt is better than concrete because the purpose is different. Right. But the asphalt, the durability is very low, 5 to 10 years.
0: I see, okay.
1: Yeah, but the concrete can go to 20 to 25 years. Mm. And asphalt needs constant repair because uh, it depends upon the loading cycle on that particular place.
2: Okay.
1: So, in a d- normal... As you can see on the near the junctions what happens is um the buses applies brakes like the vehicles applies brakes right mm-hmm. and that particular time there are more force exerted on the road
0: oh i see mm. i mean I, I didn't i was wondering what's up with the junctions what why do they matter so it's mostly this the stopping yes. and the starting the break, Yes. ah like, oh, okay
1: okay so where, that's why you can see one side concrete another side is like normal asphalt because that's just passing mm where you br- uh, apply brake there it will be mostly concrete pavement mm-hmm. um, so there you need high strength or like uh, it can take more loading cycle we we say sometimes fatigue or something like that mm-hmm. because it's a constant cycling like mm-hmm. friction a lot of things so there people prefer concrete load to have more durable pavement rather than asphalt pavement and also in the best base they prefer concrete because um, that's where the buses again break or like something like that and also this is applied where heavy vehicle like most of the jurong island area uh, where it is like a lot of heavy trucks mm-hmm. passes by or like near um, shipping shipping
2: yard there they use usually use concrete and also runway they use concrete mm-hmm. okay so he- heavy trucks are usually problematic for uh, roads right yes even yeah. for concrete roads Even concrete
0: yes because i i, th- I hear that uh, brick roads can stay for uh, a century so that's why i was wondering what why, why why don't we have more brick roads so that's why it's that's a, um,
1: it's difficult in laying actually laying out of brick road is very difficult ah oh, okay yeah, the concrete um, i saw recently there is a new uh, machine that can just lay like brick brick over the brick, over the brick. I, I just saw it. They make the payment with brick uh-huh. using a machine. It is very simple. But if you see, uh, as I mentioned, it is like the safety and the standards. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for a new market vendor.
0: And of course, the f- why you're doing it, right? And so if, yeah. so some things work better in, in, in depending on the function.
1: And in on Singapore, to get pr- also depending upon place, like the local availability of the pr- material is very important Mm -hmm. like if you look at it singapore is a small island Mm -hmm. and i don't think here anybody makes bricks so you need to import bricks again Mm -hmm. and if you look at this price of one kg of cement is just around 0.5 cent i think Um, yeah it's around there it's less than one
2: dollar all right so towards the end of uh, every episode we like to stray away from the research and academic life and uh, ask you personally as a PhD student, so I'm sure you have a very busy schedule. So, what kind of things or interests that you uh, like to explore in your free time, or or kind of, or what kind of activities you like to uh, be part of? Your free time. Uh, two things that I no three things. <laughs>
1: uh, one would be dance, actually, definitely, because uh, I'm learning dance from my childhood. It's always been. A, a safe place for me to just go and uh, de-stress myself and relax. Uh, yeah. That's one place for me.
0: Yeah, very good dance. I've, I've watched <laughs> Thank it. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah, Have you watched Oh, yeah, it? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remember. Right. TEDxNTU. TEDxNTU. You, yeah, you were yeah. dancing. And did, well, you dance right? The TEDxNTU. Yeah, yeah last time. Yeah, yeah totally. Nice.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> very nice. Okay. Yeah, that was very good. So second would be plants, actually. Sorry? Plants, plants, plants. Yes. yes. Uh, so the, it's very important because there. <laughs> I don't know how to say it because uh, again, it, it was a childhood hobby for me to uh, help my mother with gardening, and over the time, it it was another place for me to just relax and enjoy. Be, uh, also, researchers said that that green. Uh, color and, and something like that makes you a bit of calmness brings some yeah, yeah inside, calmness. inside houses yeah and also okay. you get excited when when I buy something and grows it and gives you a yeah fruit or a flower it gives you more exciting things uh-huh. okay. and third is friends <laughs> okay and meeting up with friends social life social life is very important, very important. <laughs> also I believe that any person should have at least a hobby uh-huh yeah uh, because PhD is stressful. This mm-hmm. this is the thing. PhD is stressful. Uh, there is no saying that it is not stressful. Of course, okay. it is stressful. Or anything in the world is actually when you do is stressful. But doing having something like this uh, gives you a bit of freedom to change your monotonous way of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. A Bit of away from the thing and then looking at it in a different way. So this is very important.
0: Has do your the, love for plants inspired your work? Do you, do you think that your word your choices your worldview inspired by your your uh, love for
1: plants or do you think they are not too related they are not related <laughs> but i like from the beginning like i wanted to i want to do actually chemical engineering in my bachelor's uh-huh. i want to do chemical engineering but somehow the person sitting there turned me to civil engineering i have no idea how it happened okay <laughs> But over the, now I'm doing actually kind of chemical engineering. I'm happy about it. Oh. Uh, but back to the question. I was constantly thinking how can I connect my uh, gardening thing oh. and to concrete. Right. <laughs> Recently I found out that uh, people like urban designs. And uh-huh. in, one of the urban designs actually is like using concrete to make stuff. Okay. Like uh, normal furniture normal designs, sculptures, and sculptures and concrete pots, uh, conc- mm-hmm. and I recently saw some courses which teaches you the same thing. Okay. And I, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I did a lot of research on concrete, different types of materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used dyes to make uh, cool coatings and something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, why don't I learn the course and then do something about like, design it. Mm-hmm. so this is the only place i can find out that um these two things match us like mm-hmm. the plants and and the, and the concrete. concrete yeah otherwise it's it, it's just like no i don't know
0: do you think we're ever going to come to a point where the same way you have a plant you have this little plant then the plant grows to be a big tree can we have a feature where you have a building that you just give it The code, (laughs) (laughs) it builds
1: itself (laughs) based on some program. Uh, I wouldn't say no because AI is changing a lot, (laughs) okay. So, we don't know what's happening after 100
2: years. I don't know, yeah. Okay, so these days, actually, they they have these buildings where they can just like Legos. Oh, yeah, 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 actually, actually, you can see the uh, I think the
1: Saraka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nanen crescent halls—they are like kind of Lego blocks. They came here and they are saying, "Just assemble them." So that's mm-hmm. possible, and the new technology is like you can print the concrete. I was—I I was
0: just about to ask about that. So your, your material, I, I, guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, I—I've watched a few videos around this. It doesn't seem like it's—it's it's very fast. As in, I'm not sure if it's no, no. It doesn't seem very scalable. The 3D printing of buildings. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, right now, according to the researchers, that um, they can build a house
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the 3D printing. They have did something in Europe.
2: Yes.
1: I, I think, uh, same way, China is also doing some researches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, NTU did one... Uh, I think it was a toilet, right? Yeah, toilet. Right. Mm, a toilet with uh, 3D printing. I think the technology is developing. The important mm-hmm. thing is that you... Uh, again going back to the mix design because concrete is highly tailorable thing like what you need you can uh, tailor according to that okay. so you need a very viscous material which hardens very fast mm-hmm. so researchers are working on that way to find suitable mix so that we can have a 3D printing thing of course there are so many um, difficulties but at least we can build a one complete house using this technology that is existing. Uh, I can share you some data later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that wraps
0: it up for today. Um, once again, Krishna, we very much enjoyed talking to you about concrete, and you told us about how concrete is not just cement; it's a lot of lot of other things. And you've talked to us about how your work is going to contribute toward making, um, you know, sen- sensing perhaps uh, better and also making it more effective to. I guess you call them corners, right? It's easier. It's, it's easier the on the pavement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you can share any other thoughts you want to leave with our audience with. any Anything you're welcome to just say, hey, I love this field because of XYZ.
1: Right? <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much, guys. Actually, it, it was a. Uh, it was first time experience for me, and uh, I was a bit nervous at the first. But this was cool, actually. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, like uh, when I think about it as a civil engineer, I could say that y- you think about any cities in the world first thing that I'm mean, ask you Dubai. What mm. does come to your mind?
0: Dubai, Dubai. the bush Khalifa. Bush Khalifa. <laughs> if
1: I if I talk about China. Uh, dasing airport i I haven't been there but i hear it's China. (laughs) yeah so most of the countries if you take the main uh first thing that we come to mind is building so that's what exciting exciting about civil engineering is like uh you construct something you you make a new stuff and it will be there for at least 50 70 years Mm -hmm. And, and it's very interesting apart from that for phd I would say keep a very open mind and then like make lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, PhD is just a small chapter of your life. Very important, but a small chapter of your life. So uh, keep an open mind make a lot of friends. Uh, learn something new during your PhD life. It's very interesting. Uh, that's all. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you very much. Good to you. That's it. All right.
0: Until next time, this is the High Impact Thesis Podcast brought to you by NTU World of Wisdom.